Father, we want to praise you and bless you. We pray that this evening, come and minister your word unto us. May your anointing flow into our lives in a special way. In Jesus' precious name, everybody say a big amen. amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Somebody. Okay, we want to get straight on to our teaching for tonight. This is our month of growing up spiritually in the Lord. Amen? It's a month of growing up. And I'm teaching on becoming rooted in Christ. Hallelujah. Or becoming rooted in spiritual things. How to become rooted in spiritual things. How to become rooted in Christ. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7, Paul said, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. When we give our lives to Christ, we are to walk in him. Colossians. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. That means that we are to walk in Christ. And how are we to walk in Christ? Then he continues to say, rooted. Somebody say, rooted. Say, rooted. And built up in him. Amen. And establish in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So we are to be rooted and built up in Christ. Every tree, before it bears fruit, first of all, it's got to be rooted. If the tree does not get rooted, it affects its fruiting because it might be rooted to absorb nutrients. So rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding the rim with thanksgiving. So God wants us to be rooted. Tell your friend, be rooted. Now, what is it that gets roots? It's trees that get roots. Amen? So God, among many things that he likens us to, he likens us unto trees. Tell somebody, I'm a tree. We are likened unto trees in John chapter 15, verse number 15. The Lord likens the believer unto a tree. So he says that, John 15, verse number 5, he says, I am the vine and you are the branch. Is it possible you can sit down and concentrate? Seth, can you sit and concentrate? Or you are doing two things at the same time? Then somebody can help him up. Over there, somebody do the PowerPoint. Let's read together. I am the vine. Oh, let's say, let's read together. I can't hear you. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, this was Jesus speaking, and Jesus said, I am the vine. And you are the branches. So what are you? You are branches. So we are branches of a tree. Is that not it? And he said, he that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. It means that it is the branch that bears fruit, but the branch cannot bear fruit unless it is connected to the vine. And he said, he that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. It means that without Christ, you can bear no fruit. 
So it means that we are actually an extension of divinity in humanity. God says we are trees. Someone say we are trees. Amen. And in Isaiah 61 verse number 3, it says to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that ye, they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So what are we? We are trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Planting of the Lord means that it's God himself who planted us. So if God calls us trees of righteousness, then we are trees. Amen. Now let's look at a few, let's, I'm just going to recap what I taught last week. Few characteristics of trees. Trees, number one, trees grow where they are planted. So if you are, you are a planting of the Lord, and when you plant a tree somewhere, you expect the tree to be there. Amen. So if God has planted you in a particular location, a particular local church, God expects you to be there. You didn't plant yourself. It's God who planted you there. You see, if you plant your tree somewhere, and then the next moment you go and find out the tree has been transplanted, or the tree is not there, you ask, who took the tree from there? And it, it is, it's going to be very dangerous when you see a tree that transplanted itself or picked itself up onto a new location. But that's what most of us do. But we say we are the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Someone said the planting of the Lord. So the first law about trees is that trees grow where they are planted. So as a, as a tree of righteousness, as a spiritual tree, you must grow where you are planted. Tell your friend, grow where you are planted. And in Psalm 92, verse 12 to 14, the Bible says that the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. You are the righteous of the Lord. Hallelujah. May you flourish. I said, may you flourish. And later on, we're going to study, have a study on the palm tree. And you find out that from the top, from the, from the roots to the leaves, from top to the, I mean, bottom, every part of the palm tree is useful. It means that every part of you is useful. And may you flourish. Verse 13, the Bible says that those, let's read together, those that be planted in the house of the Lord, they shall be flourish in the court of our God. So who are those who flourish? Those who are planted. And the Bible says we are the planting of the Lord. So if you are the planting of the Lord, then you must stay where you were planted. Now you must understand that every tree grows best in a particular soil depending on the type of tree it is. Every tree doesn't just grow anywhere. So in the wisdom of God, God allows trees to be planted in the kind of soil that is convenient for them. Hello? Some soils grow in, some trees grow in acidic soils. Some will grow in, in alkaline soils. Some will grow in neutral soils. Some grow in sandy soils. Some grow in loamy soils. Some grow well in clay soils. Amen? So a tree that has to grow in a loamy soil like cocoa, if you go and plant it in, in a clay soil, it will not do well. And God also knows your being. And so you are a particular type of tree, and God knowing what he, 
the type of tree you are spiritually decides that you should be planted in a particular type of soil. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And that soil is what is going to make you to flourish. So it's important to be planted in the house of the Lord. Tell your friend, be planted in the house of the Lord. Now, remember he said that those that be planted in the house, he didn't say those who visit the house of God once in a while. Trees don't visit, trees are planted. Amen? In the, so if you are a spiritual tree, you are not supposed to be a regular visitor in the church, you must be planted. And being planted means that you are part of the place. So the soil is like the church, and you must be planted in the church. Can I have an amen? You are, you are, you are, you are planted. Tell somebody, you must be planted. Now, if a tree is located at a particular place, and you find it elsewhere, I mean, it, it, it looks a dangerous tree. The next time you went, say the tree has traveled. The tree has moved to a new location. You wonder what kind of tree it is. Now, if you uproot a tree out of its soil, it will die. No tree can survive outside its soil. And you too, you are a particular kind of spiritual tree, and therefore you can, you can only survive in the soil of the house of God. Amen? So, the moment, listen, if you're a Christian, your soil is the house of God. If you transplant yourself from the house of God, you are putting yourself in an environment whereby Satan is going to destroy you. If Satan can keep you out of the church, he will extinguish your fire and your life. When fish is taken out of water, the fish cannot survive. So when you are taken out of the environment that God, the Bible says that we are the planting of the Lord. So if you uproot yourself from the church that God has planted you, God, there's a place that God has planted you that you ought to do well, you ought to flourish in there. When you are, you are uprooted from that place, it means that you are giving yourself over to be destroyed. Can I have an amen? And so you, what you have to know is that just as a tree needs a particular soil, you too, you need a church. And you don't need just any church. You need a church that God planted you in. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. Cocoa doesn't need just any kind of soil. It needs the soil that it was planted in that it started flourishing and it started doing well. You see, when you plant a seedling when you, in a particular soil and it starts doing well, it means that that soil is a good soil for it. But most, most, most church members or most Christian believers make a mistake. As they begin to do well and their lives are flourishing, now they are going to look for some sophisticated some place somewhere else. And so there's some church somewhere that looks mega. It has a lot of rich people. It has a lot of something and I'm going there. But God, God didn't put you there earlier on. God put you in a particular place and you started doing well. And that is the place you have to stay because your star will shine there. I said your star will shine there. And you will flourish there. So if God has planted you here, it means that you are going to do well here. 
It means that this is the place that God has ordained for your life to receive a great progress. Amen. So don't, don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let your job keep you away from church. Sometimes people say, my work, my husband, my wife, my children. Oh, those, those are things that when you, you begin to engage in, you find out that you'll be lost. Nobody and nothing should be more important than God. Are you getting me? Nobody, you see, I was taking a walk around somebody's house today, a very important person who passed. And as I was passing, I just realized that this whole big house, he has left it. Whatever clothes he has, he's gone. Whatever he was struggling for, whether his children to become whatever and all those things, now, that's it. There, he has left the children. Now he's going to give an account of his life before God. So, do not let your wife, do not let your husband, do not let, not even your babies, your children, whatever, nobody should take you away from your, your God and should take you away from your soil. Always remember that when a tree, if you never got anything, take this first one. When a tree is uprooted from its soil, it begins to die. So when you are disconnected from your church, and we have said that we are the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. So it's God who plants us. Can I have an amen? And so you make sure that nobody and nothing uproots you. Education shouldn't stop you. Schooling shouldn't stop you from serving God and from praying and from studying the word of God and from doing whatever you have to do. I didn't have an amen. Are you here with me? Are you being blessed? Now, so tell somebody, it's good to be a tree. Yeah. Now, why is it that God likens us to trees and God wants us to be like trees? Number one, trees live longer than animals. Trees live longer than animals. In Isaiah 65, verse 22, Isaiah 65, verse 22, the Bible says that they shall not build and another inhabit. Oh, you will not build for another to inhabit. You, you, you will stay in your own house. They shall not plant and another eat. Now read the second part with me. For as the days of a tree are, uh, as the days of a tree are the days of my people. Is that right? As the days of a tree. And you realize that trees live very long. So what he's saying is that as a tree of righteousness, God is going to give you long life like a tree. Amen. Trees live longer. You see, the world's oldest person as of two years ago, by my research, is Susanna Mushat Jones. And that was 116 years old. The oldest terrestrial animal is a, was a tortoise that was 183 years old. And the oldest, the world's oldest tree is known as the Bristol cone, and that is 4,845 years old. That is why you have to grow where you have been planted. So if God has planted you in a beautiful, glorious, spirit-filled Bible-believing church like this, you got to be here. Tell your friend, grow where you have been planted. Amen. 
And we thank God that this soil is a good soil. There are people who never stay in one church. They hear Angel Delight Church, they move. Moonlight International Ministries, then they move. When there's a church that has come behind their window, they say, there's not a church behind my window, or there's a church across my, my street. You don't go to church, a church because of its proximity. You go to a church because of the fact that God has spiritually aligned you there. God has planted you there because you can go to the church across the street and that is not your... Many of us, we are, we are living in a city here, but are we not connected to our, our families in the various towns and villages we've come from? Yeah, yeah. So, so do not let anything just move you away. Can I have an amen? And you have to learn to, to stay in your local church and eat from your local church so that you don't develop diarrhea. You see, in the wisdom of God, God wants babies to be fed by one woman. And that's the reason why the woman has mammary glands, secrets breast milk, and takes care of the baby. If you eat here, eat here, eat here, eat here, you develop challenges. So it's very important that you have a good local church and in the, lo in the local church you are fed. You see, one of the reasons why trees do very well is that trees stay in one place. They eat from one place. They pick nutrients from one place. But animals pick food from other places. So in the process they may end up inhaling wrong, wrong air from some place and picking wrong things from some other places. And that's why the Bible wants us to be trees of righteousness. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So tell your friend, be planted. The second thing about trees is that trees grow taller and bigger than men. The world's tallest man is Robert Wadlow, and Robert Wadlow is 8 feet 11 inches tall. The world's biggest animal is a blue whale, and the biggest of its kind is 98 feet long. And the world's tallest tree is 400 feet tall. So that's about 50 times taller than a man. So when Bible says that God wants you to be like a tree, it means that God wants you to rise up. That's why he says that you shall be like the cedar of Lebanon, tall. Amen? It means God wants you to be great. Hallelujah. So stay where God wants you to be. Tell your friends, stay where God wants you to be. In Proverbs 27, 8, he says, As a bird wanders from her nest, so is a man that wanders from his place. There's always a place for everybody, and it's important that you stay there. Tell somebody, this is my place. So there's a place called your place. Amen? You know, when you are in a house, everybody has his place, he sleeps. Is that not it? You go, you go, everybody goes at the end of the night. Even the people, excuse me to say, who may not have even homes, and they, they are homeless, there's still a place they call their place where they sleep every night. So there's a place called your place. And the church is your place. And it is important that you stay. Hallelujah. So it's important to be around and be focused. Focus is the key to making maximum impact. There's a saying that when you are at one place, it, it forms. So you become effective as you come around and you are receiving the teachings of the word of God week after week after week after week. Can I have an amen? The third characteristic of trees is that trees grow towards the sun. When you put a tree 
When you put a tree in, a, in an enclosed place and you allow light to come in, it will always move towards the direction of the light. It's known as phototropism. Phototropism. And the Bible says that we are also likened to trees, which means that we must grow towards the sun of righteousness. We must grow upward and Godward. Tell somebody, grow upward and Godward. You don't find a tree that is growing downwards. It grows upward. Is that right? So we are supposed to, and it grows towards the sun. And the Bible says in Malachi 4.2, But unto those who fear my name shall the sun of righteousness arise with healing his wings. So it means that we are supposed to gravitate towards Jesus, who is the son of righteousness. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, grow upward. Grow onward. Grow forward. And grow Godward. Smith Wigglesworth said, to live two days in succession on the same spiritual plane is a tragedy. To live two days in succession on the same spiritual plane is a tragedy. It means that every day you must have a new scripture. Every day you must learn something new. Amen? Yeah, every day you must learn something new. Something you must, you must have a new Bible verse that you have meditated on and that you are growing thereby. Hallelujah. So tell your friend, grow. Tell another person, grow. And what you grow on is the word of God. 1 Peter 2.2 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You may grow by the word. The, by the word of God you grow. May you grow. In 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 Bible says but grow in grace but grow in grace. That's what it Grow in grace. Oh. 2 Peter not 1 Peter. 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Grow in grace. And grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that you must know the Lord more and more. You see, when somebody is your master, one of the, in order to live with somebody and to work effectively with somebody, you've got to know the person. If the first key of success in working in an office is that whoever is, is your boss, whoever is your master, you must know your master. Know the temperament of your master. Know what your master likes. You must do for your master what he likes and not what you like. If you want to be happy in your marriage, know your spouse. Know your wife. Know your husband. Know it is important. Can I have an amen? And so, so he said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that if Jesus is your Lord, then you must grow in, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. May you grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, one remarkable thing about trees is that trees are never detached from the soil that fed them. Trees are never detached from the soil that fed them. It means that you should also not be detached from the place where you are being blessed. Animals may migrate and forget about their roots, about where, how they started, but trees don't. Amen? And in the light of this, I want to say that Bible says you must be a tree. Amen? You see, when trees grow, when trees grow and they fruit, eh, some of their fruits, they fall 
and they fall around the tree and then they decompose and they refertilize the place. So if you're a tree and a particular soil has taken care of you, you must take care of your soil back with your fruits and with your leaves. Does it help you? So if you're in this church here and you are being blessed from this church, you gain nutrients from the place and go, and then you start bearing fruit, your fruit must benefit the soil here. Oh, you are not getting what I'm teaching you. Your fruit must benefit the soil here. Amen? And just as the trees don't forget the soil that took care of it, but they stay there and they refertilize the soil. It is animals that move away. They forget where they got their lesson from. But the Bible says in Hebrews 6, 10, that God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown unto his name, in that you are ministered to the saints and you do minister. You see, unrighteous people forget, but righteous people don't forget. So if you're a righteous person, and the Bible says that we are the planting of, of the Lord, the trees of what? Righteousness. Then it means that we don't have to forget our roots. It means that we don't have to forget people that have helped us, prayed for us. Never forget anybody. You know, people that you don't have to forget about them. Your, your, your parents, your teachers, your pastors, these three people, these three categories of people, they can be a blessing to you and they can be a curse to you, depending on how you treat them. So if under, under the tutelage or the pupillage of your pastor, God has blessed you, you must be a blessing to the ministry. I didn't have an amen. You shouldn't be a problem to the ministry. You must rather be a, 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 a blessing. You don't, you don't become tongues to the ministry. You must become a blessing. Let me show you this scripture in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. Ooh, hallelujah. The Bible says that for the earth, which drinks in the rain, that comes often upon it, and brings forth herbs, meat for them, by whom it is dressed, receives blessing from God. Can you do it in New King James for me, or NIV? This Shakespearean English is hard. The earth, which drinks in the rain, that often comes upon it, and bears herbs, Useful for those by whom it is cultivated, receives blessing from God. But verse 8, look at it. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. So what he's saying is that the, the earth or the ground that has been watered, when it's supposed to bear fruit, when it bears fruit, it gains blessing from the Lord. But if it bears thorns and briars to, to hurt the owner of the, of, the, of the ground, instead of bearing fruit, it bears thorns, then it is equals to being cursed, and its end is that it shall be burned. So what he's trying to say is that if you have been watered, then do not bear do not bear tongues. Amen? Tell your friend, don't bear tongues. Because when you bear tongues to prick the one who watered you, who was a blessing to you, instead of being a blessing back, you have become a thorn. 
it's equals to being cursed. Like some children who insult their parents. You know some children insult their parents? They fight their parents. They disgrace their parents. They say bad things about their parents. They say bad things about people that have helped them. If you work in a place and you don't like the place again, do not say bad things about the place. Just go on to the new place you want. Because if for nothing at all, you, were, you ever receive salary, you gain something from the place. I hope you are getting me. So don't, don't say anybody. Just move on. Say, I think I want a new job. I think I want that. Don't say bad things about the place. By doing that, you are sowing bad seeds for yourself and for generosity. Some of us, we are even reaping fruit of our parents. Certain things our parents might have done. Because blessings move from parents to children. And curses as well. May God give us what is known as a failed harvest. That any evil harvest that is supposed to come away, may God let that harvest, evil harvest fail. You don't understand what I'm teaching you. I said, may, you see, when you, when you sow a certain bad seed, it's supposed to be, bring about a certain bad fruit. But may God ensure that that bad fruit fails so that it doesn't happen in your life. <laughs> Maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. Number four, trees produce more fruits than men. Psalm 92, verse 13 and 14. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruits in their old age. Human beings practice family planning, but trees don't. Sometimes by the time the tree is about, some trees at 500 years old, they still produce fruits. Meanwhile, men, at 90 years, we are finished. But God wants us to become more fruitful. This time, fruitful by winning more souls. Amen? Now, so the first law is that grow where you are planted. The first law of trees is what? The tree must grow where it is planted. Now, before you transplant a tree, the second law is remove the rubber. Tell somebody, remove the rubber. You know, oftentimes, the seedling is in a certain transparent container. Polythene, is that right? It's in a, a, a polythene. It's a rubber. Now, when you take the seedling in the rubber and you put it in the soil, do you know that the seedling very likely may not be able to grow? The reason is that the rubber around it or the polythene around it stops it from being integrated to the soil that it has been planted in. So if you want your tree to do well, it means that you've got to make sure that the tree, the rubber around it is removed so that the seedling can make contact or be well integrated with the new soil and absorb nutrients 
from the soil that it has been planted in. For many believers, we have, we still, when we come born again, or we probably started from some church, we still have the rubber around us, the polythene around us. And we've been planted in this particular local church. But if you do not remove the rubber, it means that you cannot be well integrated into the soil or into the church that God has planted you. And therefore, you cannot, you cannot benefit properly from the soil. You cannot grow well and you cannot bear fruit. Amen. Now, what is the rubber? Tell somebody, you need to remove the rubber around you. Amen. Now, what is the rubber here? The rubber here is talking about the ideas, write it, ideas, practices, and traditions that you carried from your background. Ideas, practices, traditions, beliefs that you carried from your background or your old church. You know, sometimes people get up and say, well, where I used to fellowship or we won't wake up uh, when we're going to pray, maybe we tie our hair. We, we used to be, this, uh, and we have to tie our hair. You are not at the place where you tie your hair. You are now here. I didn't have an amen. Yeah. Sometimes they say, well, um, in my former place, we, we can be very free. And we can sit at the back of the church and we can be talking whilst preaching is going on. You are not there. You are here. When you go to Rome, you do what the Romans do. So you must be integrated into the soil over here. Amen. One of the... I was talking to some of our folks out in Europe, and especially in Western Europe, and what, what I personally noticed was that most of our people who go there don't integrate themselves into the soil over there in Europe, especially places like Germany, Holland, and co. Most Ghanaians go there with the mindset that I'm going to look for money and come home. And so they go five years, the money hasn't come. Ten years, the money hasn't come. Twenty years, the money hasn't come. It will even amaze you that some of them are living there and they haven't studied the language. And there are so many opportunities. Some of those places, you can go to school for free. And yet, they will not, they will not learn, they will not, be, they will not integrate themselves, they will not take advantage of the opportunities over there. All they are looking for is money. Euros to come back to Ghana to build. And to be bugger. And, and, and you find other nationalities and people like the Turkish and co who go there and they begin to buy, they will begin to start businesses. Most of the time, Ghanaians will only do Afro shops. And Afro shops, they are selling onions. And they are selling uh, Ghana Fanta. And wigs. And a few, just Kobe, Kobe. They are selling Kobe and Momoni and things like that. White man doesn't eat Kobe. He doesn't eat Momoni. So, of what benefit is your business to them directly? But for that small Ghanaian or African community that eats that kind of thing. So, it's lack of integration. I hope you are getting what I'm teaching you. Yeah. 
And people carry the same mindset that as they have come in, instead of getting themselves connected, they still have the rubber around them. So in Ghana, you see that people still have the rubber around them. I was once very surprised. I think it's in New York or something. And I overheard somebody shouting from one flat to another. Can you imagine shouting across? And then in a big, in a big shopping center, somebody too was, I think they're trying to get some, you know, bra, ladies' bra and all those things. And he started across. Hey, Across. Very shameful. Bought this cockhorn. Bought this cockhorn. The person that's taking Ghana there is as if it's at Angoboshi. Eh? Or Makola. Makola shouting across. And so they look at you like that. They say, where, where, where these people? That's why sometimes they don't respect us. Because as you've gone there, watch them, see how they behave, and you to integrate yourself. So as you have come to church, you do not come with that your background. You must remove your rubber. And what is the culture here? You integrate yourself into the new culture properly. Am I preaching here? Yeah. So if people are in there who run negative comments about the church and the leadership and co, if they do it in some church, if you are doing it in a church you are part of, you don't have to become part of it. If you are somebody who likes speaking ill of older people or leaders, you do not. One day somebody told me that after him, he criticizes his boss. And I told her that, well, in the church, the pastor is not your boss, he's your pastor. Amen. God may not have put your boss there. <laughs> eh? Yeah, God may not have put your boss there. I mean, your boss maybe just work out his way and then the institution put him there. But after church, God put your pastor there as your pastor. You can decide to criticize Kwesiapia. Kwesiapia was not nominated by God, the Black Stars coach. So you can criticize him and fight him, but in the church you do not do that. I didn't have an amen. amen. But I said, but I didn't know human beings. Yeah, they are human beings, but God decided to choose. But it's God who chose. If you don't know it, go and read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and say, and God gave some. God is the God. So your pastor is a gift of God to you. Hallelujah. It's, a, it's God's choice. He said, but I speak better English than him. I'm more handsome. I think I'm even more intelligent. I'm more knowledgeable. Yes, Mr. 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 All know. All knowing. And Madam All knowing. Yes, we know you know or, or you know it all. But God knowing that you know it all still didn't make you the, the leader. So if you want to be there, then you have to learn to submit to the person. I hope you are getting me. Yeah. And so you, you are not there and you are marking the person. You are marking the person. Dear Moody didn't really go to school much. He was a shoeshine boy. But he had a very intellectual person known as Ira Sanke, who was the one undergirding him and supporting him and go. Because Dear Moody was the one chosen by God. What, what education did Peter have? He was a fisherman. And yet, when Peter spoke, that was it. The mind of God has been spoken. Can I have an amen? amen? You see, when we stay in the church and we begin to have the right mindset, it's going to, you say, me, I've had exposure. I've had international exposure. I have local exposure. I have continental exposure. Yes, thank God for all the exposures. <laughs> but it still must be submitted 
to the will of God. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 14, verse 4. Look how the Bible says. Maybe you are used to where you were, you are not used to attending evening service like you are doing, but now you must become used to it. Amen. If where you were, when they are teaching, the people maybe they don't shout, and they don't clap their hands, and the preacher say, everybody clap your hands, say, why? Are we at the stadium? No, we are in a new environment. So when you say, let's clap, be in the flow and join the clapping. Amen. You see, do not, you see, it's a very dangerous thing to try to be independent when you are in a group. You look very odd. You are an oddity of a human being. When you are everywhere, all flowing, everybody is smiling. It's like, so what you are trying to say is that you are wiser than all the other people. Amen. But someone says, oh, that's my feel. That's the way I am. But you see, it, when you are serving God, it's not just about your temperament. It's about what God says we should do. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you don't know. Some of you don't know. My original temperament was that I, I could be, some of you see me that I'm just, I'll be, I'll be talking, I can be very quiet. Ask the people in my house. You, you, it will surprise you. Lots of my friends, those when they when they say, oh, that quiet person, that calm person, I'm, I'm there. It's like, I do not know how to talk. Maybe as a church, by virtue of my work, and my, my calling as a pastor, I have to talk to you. I have to be there. And I have to even go out of my way to try to be nice. That is, that. So you realize that I have to overcome a certain kind of temperament in order to be effective. Can I have an Amen. Yeah, you have to try to be to listen. So you don't say, well, this is the way I am. This is the way, leave me the way I am. No, we, can't, we won't leave you. You have to remove the rubber. Tell somebody, remove the rubber. Yeah, yeah. So when we are all jumping, we are all shouting, we are all rejoicing and cool, it is important that you become part of it. I didn't have an amen. Yeah. In First John 2, 19, he said, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have con- continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not of us. They went out from us, but they were not of us. So you see, for if they had been of us, watch it, they would no doubt have, continu- they would no doubt have continued with us. So sometimes when people are with you and they leave you, it means that even though they are around, they were not with you. <laughs> but he said, but they went out, that they went out that they might, man- they, they went out that they might manifest, or do it in the New King James. What to tell me, bro, for no. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Amen. Or they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all, they were not of us. They were not of us. So their going out shows that they were not of us. Praise the Lord. So if you are of us, 
then it means that what we are sharing, and you must, you must, you must be like us and operate together like us. I'm talking about how to become rooted in Christ and in the Lord and become so that you can become fruitful. Because Jesus said, abide in me. And if you do not abide in Christ, you cannot flourish. Can I have an amen? And so in the church, listen, everywhere you go to, submission and humility is important. It takes a lot of humility to submit. Because, listen, some of us, we work in places where your boss, you are older than your boss. Is that not it? Or you probably look more handsome, more beautiful, whatever. But you can take instruction about, from them. But when you come to church, you, you, when they say something, you have a problem. You shouldn't have a problem. You must even... Your boss could have done Kululu to become boss. But in the church, it is God who appointed your pastors to be your pastors. Your leaders to be your leaders. And what God has said, you should not upset. What God has put in place, you should... What God has honored, you should not dishonor. If you dishonor what God has honored, you will be dishonored. Amen. So it's important that we, we, we submit. Tell somebody, submit. Yeah. We submit. Submission to authority and love towards the brethren. When you are in the church, you must not only submit to the authority, but have a real love for the brethren. Amen. Real love. Bible says that by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have what? Love one for another. It is not a speaking in tongues that shows that we are brethren. It is love, respect for one another. Ladies and gentlemen, this is very important. And you see, when you are in the church, you also must learn. You see, maybe under normal circumstances, you don't feel like talking to this person. You don't feel like joking with this person. You don't feel like that. But because we are, we are one garden, we are one family, you have to learn to break those barriers and flow and learn to say hello and genuinely love people. You didn't say amen. amen. I know some of these things, they are difficult. Some of you will be fighting it in your mind. You'll be doing debating society, but that's the truth. Can I have an amen? amen? And so, you need to tell your friend, flow. Yeah. What are the ways you have to flow? You have to flow, number one, with the spirit of the house. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. Flow with the spirit of the house. The Bible says that they, and Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom for Moses had laid his hands on him. Have you seen it? The reason why Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom was because what? Moses had laid his hands on him. Has laid his hands on him. And because of that, the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Hallelujah. He was full of wisdom for me because Moses had laid his hands. So Joshua, Joshua was wise, had received the spirit. We will say the anointing. Someone say the anointing. He received the anointing because of what? The hands that Moses had laid on him. And why did he do that? Because he was supposed to be working with Moses and be assisting Moses. 
You cannot assist somebody well if you don't have his spirit. You don't have his attitude. If you are working with somebody, if that you are the boss, you are the and your spirit don't agree, you won't, you won't, you won't do well. You must always work with people that your spirit agree with. Amos 23, how can two dwell together? Except they what? Agree. Can I have an amen? Yeah. You can have two intelligence. Many years ago, Ghana Black Stars had very wonderful players. The days of Abedi Pele. Poli was there. Uh, Yeboa was there. All those, Tony Balfo, all these, these are wild players by themselves. But they didn't have a good, no, proper interflow. You know, when it comes to whatever. So we never went to World Cup. But when Steve Lapia and their team came together, and there was a kind of a flow, we went to work, is it two times or three times? Three consecutive times. So that shows the spirit of what? Unity and flow. And these guys were not as skillful as the Abedipele's time. I hope you are getting me. So the, having a certain spirit is very important. So you cannot serve well in a place where you don't have, when your spirit opposes the spirit of the leader, you cannot serve with him. And God took of the spirit that was upon Moses and put it upon him, upon Joshua. In the same way too, in Numbers chapter 11 verse 17, you see, when God, earlier on, uh, Moses had chosen certain people, men with ability, men who eschewed evil, all kinds of, they had wonderful characteristics, and these ones were the ones that Jethro advised that they should be there to support Moses because Moses was doing a lot of work and was going through difficulty. But Moses later on, when you read Numbers chapter 11 verse 1 onwards, he was complaining about the fact that, look, God, I cannot bear all this bedding alone. The word bedding there is a vision. I cannot bear it all alone. And then the Lord told him that he should go and then uh, take the spirit. Verse 16, start from 16. 16. The Lord said to Moses, Gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tabernacle of meeting that they may stand there with you. So it means that you are supposed to stand there with the leader and not stand against. If you know you cannot stand there with him, then don't be there. So if you are in the church, you are there, you are there to stand with the leadership, to support the leadership. Amen. You are not an opposition party, and you are not there to play a devil's advocate and every time trying to cut, cut his legs, and it's like every time you are looking for something negative that he's doing, that you are like a schoolmaster or a school madam who is trying to mark somebody. God, because God knows that your leader is not perfect. Can I have an amen? No, you, you see, we have to have this understanding in order to progress. If we don't have this understanding, you'll be there in the church, you'll be quarreling, you'll be, every time you come to the church, you have this problem, that problem, that problem, and there are people who are professional memories and complainers. Yes, yes, there, there are people, it's like, there is nothing that they want to see. Anybody. Every time they see anybody, they have a problem with the person. They have a problem with the way the person has dressed, they'll have the person's hairstyle, they have the person, that, they have the, but they never see any problem with themselves. Am I preaching here? Yes. 
So God said, look, Moses, because earlier on Moses had taken the people with ability, the people who used to have all kinds of credentials, but the people with the credentials couldn't help him. That was what Jethro said. So Jethro came up with some human prescriptions. Prescription that look nice. Prescription of people that have gone to school. Prescription of people that seem to have this. Prescription of people that have, seem to have that. But they didn't have the spirit that was upon Moses. They didn't, they, they didn't have something that God had put upon Moses. And because they didn't have that, they couldn't support Moses. Am I happy you? Hey, this, listen, this is for your own company. If you are running companies, you are running any business. Eh? Somebody came to my office. And he said, it's like, he has somebody has employed, get them, and they're supposed to be his friends and whatever. But it's like this guy always trying to oppose he the boss. You two, you don't bring any business, you don't bring he's the one who is trying to drive it. But it's like every time a hoya, 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 or is something always looking for something negative. Look at Joe. When you see people like that, listen, let them go their separate ways. Even Paul and Barnabas, who were great apostles, when Barnabas decided to take John Mark, and Paul said, no, 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 they, went, they had sharp contention, they went their separate ways, and both of them started doing their work. So when they couldn't succeed, the Lord then spoke to Moses and said, gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people, officers over them, bring them to the tabernacle of meeting, that they may stand there with you. And then verse 17, then watch what God said, verse 17. Then I will come down, I, God, will come down and take and talk with you there and I will take of the spirit that is upon you, Moses, and I will put the same upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you. That means that they will carry the vision with you that you may not bear it all by yourself alone. Amen. So it's the same spirit. So it means that the people who were there we're carrying the, the spirit of leadership, the spirit of a prophet, the spirit of endurance from which God had put upon Moses. The people had the same spirit, and so they could understand, they could understand Moses, and they could stand with Moses to administer orderliness in the camp of Israel. Amen. He came to Elijah, Elisha. Elisha didn't have the spirit of Moses. It was the spirit of Elijah that came upon Elisha for him to continue the work. I hope you are getting me. Yeah. If you don't understand this, eh? listen, in your business, one of the key things you have to look at, apart from competence, look for people that will have your spirit and will flow with you other than that, they will, kill, they will kill your business. They will destroy your home. You go and get a house help. Who doesn't have your spirit? Before you realize he has taken over your marriage. Hallelujah. So, if, are you here with me? It means that if you are going to be here to flourish, you cannot have the spirit. Thank God for all these great men of God. We, we appreciate them. We read, we read you know, from them. They preach wonderful preachings and go. But if you belong to this house, 
then you must have the spirit of this house. Not the spirit of ICGC, not the spirit of Action Chapel, not the spirit of you know, any other place, but the spirit of this house. I greatly respect, I'm not you know, disputing and disrespecting any man of God, but I'm talking about the fact that if you belong to this house, then you must have the spirit of this house. Amen. No shame. Yeah. Look, if you, if you want to be comfortable in Royal House Chapel, eh, you must be willing and ready that every Every few minutes you get up and you say, who is the one? I am the one. Who is the one? I am the one. I take it. I am the one. And you must be willing and ready that you must have a lot of money. As the preaching is going on, you are coming to the altar and you are sowing altar seeds and all those things. It works for them. Meanwhile, other churches too, they, they are sitting down there. Are you getting me? So if you go and say, oh, what kind of church is this? Every time, I am the one. I am the one. And they are getting up. You will become critical and you, a lizard will enter into you. Because that is the spirit of the house. That is the anointing God has placed upon Apostle General. And it works for them. On the other hand, there are other churches too that as the preaching is going on, everything is quiet after that. People go and sow their seeds and it works for them. So if you want to thrive under Apostle General, then you must, don't go and criticize. Don't go and say, oh, you are too loud, you are whatever. Get out of the church. Quickly. And go and look for the cemetery type of church. And stay there. That's all. You will try there. A meditative church. A church that they don't clap hands. In this church, for instance, one of our culture is that when we are coming to preach, the man of God is coming to, we stand up. You must, we must stand up. And they say, why should we stand up? Is the person God. We are giving honor to God's word and the servant of the Lord. That's all. If you cannot do that from your heart, then go to the place where, the place like a lecture theater, where the lecturer, because it's lectures that when a, a lecturer is coming to say, people are sitting down, and the lecture finishes and it's gone. Whether you like it or maybe if a lecturer will not say, everybody say this after me, normally you will not say, he has lectured and it's gone. But this is not a lecture theater. Oh. Are, are you learning something here? You see, because, and they be like, hey, well, so what do you think? We do not analyze anybody's preaching here. After he's preaching, it's, a, it's an evil thing. That after a man of God has fasted, prayed, waited on God, and God has cooked some food for you, then you are the one sitting with your friends and analyzing this kind of preaching. So what did he say? He didn't he mean this. He means nothing. What he means is what he preached. Totally. That if you have a good heart, take the good out of it. Take the good out of it. Hallelujah. Take the good out of it. And eat, and eat it. After all, when, when these uh, uh, animals want to eat uh, uh, nuts, the nuts has a shell and everything. Yeah. Some of them, we, we, we remove the shell and we eat. Some of them, too, they eat everything. Some of them even also eat the husk alone. So the one that is good, eat it. Some of you eat what the, uh, uh, lemon, and you remove the peel, and you squeeze it. Other people also believe that the lemon, even the peel, is very medicinal. So add it. So the one that you think is good for you, take it. If the whole thing is also good for you, take it. But don't analyze the thing and fight it. Have the spirit of the house. 
Amen. So, you cannot stay here with the spirit of Benihi. And Bishop T.D. Jakes. Your pastor is not Benihi. Your pastor is not Bishop T.D. Jakes. Amen. Yeah. And so, you must surround your pastor with a good heart. Amen. And one of the ways to flow in the spirit of the house is to integrate into the new soul, like I said. Adapt to the customs of the house. Because even Jesus had customs. In Luke 4, 16, the Bible says that, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. He what? He stood up for to read. So, every church family has customs. And like I told you, it's part of our custom to honor the word of God. Amen? By joyfully receiving the one who is coming to preach. What we are saying is that the thing you are coming to say, we like it. And that we are going to be blessed. And our lives are never going to be the same. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So, do away with the independent spirits. Eh? Independent spirit. What? Independent spirit is a first sign of disloyalty. It's a snake spirit. Snakes are independent. You hardly see snakes who are together. Snake, one is here, one is here. When anaconda gives birth, that very moment, most, most babies will stay with their mother, but anaconda, it just goes out of his way. So, a snake spirit always wants to be, I want to be alone. I want to be alone. But God didn't create us to be alone. God, we are not supposed to be lone rangers. We are not supposed to be islands. We are supposed to be a family. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Are we learning something here? Yeah. When we understand this, this is going to help us. Tell somebody, it will help us. Amen. And then, so, learn to flow. And here, we believe in dressing right and dressing smart. And we are going to enforce that. Can I have an amen? We believe in dressing what? Decently. So, if especially if you are a church officer and you are playing a role, you must know that if you are an usher, you are an intercessor, you are a chorister, you represent the church. You represent Christ. When people work for the bank, have you gone to see the bank where the bank girls, their breasts are sticking out? No, they usually wear something. That's why they, that's why they let them wear jackets. Because they are, you are going to have all kinds of clients to come. They don't want the attention to be on, on your breast. Your attention must be on the work, your service. Can I have an amen? They say, say, display. You, know, you display it in your, in your room, but not when we come to church. So there must be proper dress code. Amen? People must dress well. Tell somebody, dress well. Yeah. If you're an usher and you now you must look at yourself in the mirror and say, if Jesus sees me, what comment will he give about me? Amen? Yeah. If Jesus sees me, can I, am I representing Jesus well? From my, from my hair. Is my hair smelling? Your hair, your hair must be done nicely. Your facials must be done properly. Your body must, everything must be together properly. 
If your body has some certain kinds of contours and coat, you must wear dress to enhance it. Amen. You know, have some all kinds of things, and then and then we can see six folds here and 18 folds here. That is your body. But because you are representing Christ, we must see that you have clad yourself properly. You know, I know, I know somebody, I know somebody will get up and say, Pastor, so here now, have we come to now some dressing something, something in the church? Exodus chapter 28, verse 3. Exodus chapter 28. <laughs> Hallelujah. Exodus 28 to not look. How can Exodus become look? What a shock. It's a shock, shock, shock. Exodus 28. Start from verse number one. Maybe it will help us. Now take Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from among the children of Israel that he may minister to me as a priest. Aaron and, and Aaron's sons. So Aaron was supposed to be a priest. Is that right? Now, in the New Testament, we are also priests of God. Is that not it? Revelation 1, 5, and 6. Have been washed by the blood of Jesus, we've been made priests and kings unto God. Revelation 12, 5, we've been made priests and kings. Okay, now, verse number two. He says, and you shall, make, you shall make holy garments for Aaron and your brother for glory and for what? Beauty. So the dressing must be for what? For glory and for beauty. So your dress must be for what? For glory and for beauty. Also as a, as a New Testament priest. These were Old Testament priests, and as a New Testament priest, you must make them for glory and for, and for beauty. And you are going to see people that, they, 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 they had a decorative team. Verse number three. Oh my goodness. And you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. Uh, 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 the, uh, um, do it in King James Version. King James Version, full of King James. And thou shalt speak unto all that are what? Wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him. Wise-hearted people, they make garments for the priests. Now the priests were, people were serving the house of God. It means that they had a dress code. And when you start the Bible carefully, you find out that the priests had their own dress code. Amen? And if we are also spiritual New Testament priests, then we must have our dress codes. Yeah. We cannot dress anyhow. We cannot dress anyhow. Because we are, if the Old Testament, they didn't dress, the, the New Testament, Old Testament priests didn't dress anyhow, then the New Testament priests cannot also dress anyhow. And that is why we expect our, our ashes must be, must dress speak and span. They must be in uniform. Choir must be in uniform. Are you getting me? Every group, when it is a service time, be in uniform nicely. Uniform is nice. Amen. Uniform is nice. So dress uniformly, dress nicely. Nicely. Hallelujah. Dress nicely. In fact, they had... They, 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 they had costume directors. 
Yeah, costume directors. And we must also dress nicely. Nobody should come and stand here. You are standing here, some slippers be and some chalewate, or you are standing in front there. You're, you're dressed the way you don't know, the, the way you don't know some of the things is hugging you and all your body part. It shouldn't be the case. And some of you, when you dress in some way, we tell you no, it's like the hell has broken loose. You are, you, and then you cannot take it. Listen, when you, you should be somebody that when you are corrected, you should be able to accept the correction. If, they, if, you, if, you, if you do your face for people to be afraid to correct you, you are not the correct person. And there's a problem with you. And when you are corrected, accept it. You see, when somebody says something about you, the first thing is you have to analyze it. And look at yourself. Is it true? If it is true, change. If you also think it's not true, it shouldn't change you. It shouldn't get you to now lose your love and lose your whatever, and you come and you are morose and you don't flow well because somebody said this and this and that. Can I have an amen? Are we learning something here? Yeah. We are talking about how you, you can be integrated in the church, you can become rooted. Because you see, if you don't do this thing, you will not become rooted. And there are many people who are in the church or who come to church and they are never rooted. So any small thing they are shaking and they are run away. Because they were never rooted in the first place. They were only, they were only basking in the nice environment. Hey, 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 hey. And the, the moment they are tested small, then that's it. They are, they, they've gone away. But as for you, may you stay. As for you, may you stay. May you become strong. May you become vibrant. May you flow. The third law, which I'll, I'll just use two minutes or three minutes. Flow with the rules of the house. That's what they flow with the rules of the house. Psalm 92 verse 3. Those that are planted the house of the Lord, they shall flourish. You see, the natural habitat of the believer is the house of God. When you take fish out of water, it will not survive. When you take, it will die. When you leave the place of your planting, you are also going to dry out. When you cut a little bit of your finger, your body will be hurt. But after some time, you will get adjusted. But it's a finger that will wither away. So cutting yourself off from the church, maybe will leave the church with a little painful sore for a moment. But after a while, you are, you, you, it's not going to be good for you. So it is important that you stay connected. Amen. And when you discover where you, you are meant to be, ignore all the vain stories that people will tell you and submit to the pastor. Tell somebody, submit to the pastor. Amen. Ignore all the story because the truth is that people will tell you stories. People will tell all kinds of things but stay there and flourish. Psalm 68 verse 6. God places the solitary into family. May you stay in the family of God. God says the solitary into family. But he says that but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. May you not be part of the rebellion. Be part, don't be a lone ranger. God places lonely people in family. Now, every family has rules. Every family has laws. There are some... When you go to... In the larger 
family in most Western Europe countries. Children under a certain age are not supposed to be outside the home after 8 o'clock. They should be in bed. That's a rule. So police can question parents. Why is a child at this age? Then individual families also have their rules. Is that right? There are families who say that do not eat any food outside the home. I remember when I was growing up, I had an auntie. She warned me, don't eat anybody's food. And you know, children, sometimes the scent of the food. Hey, is it a scent or smell? Which, which? The aroma. Okay, aroma. Thank you. The aroma of the food. And then, so then maybe the person said, oh, come and take. Then my auntie told me, anytime somebody said, come and take, watch me. If I smile, it means go ahead. If I wink, my eye, don't. But sometimes, the temptation is so strong that I refuse to look at him. <laughs> and, and after that, the beatings. Oh, you receive beatings plus ginger. Ginger and pepper mix up. Both in front of you and behind you. Where you believe. Uh-huh. Why do they say that? It's not because they are suspicious of the one giving you the food. Are you getting me? That is this thing. Just that, learn a certain habit that do not go and be eating people's food. Because you do not know the kind of food you may put your hand in. And sometimes I notice that there are some of the people in those days, when the child goes close to them and they are doing something like tatali and thing, they say, you want? Then they put your hand, then they press your hand. Then when your mother, then you are crying, they say, oh, oh, you are crying, they say, oh, you are crying, they will put a thing and press and say, you want, you want, when you are not there, you want. So they just try to keep you in discipline. Now, spiritually too, they are spiritual, you want. There are people that everywhere, they want here, they want here, they want here, they want. Everywhere they want to go and eat. Any, any wise parent, number one, wants to know where their child is. Number two, who they are interacting with. And number three, what they are taking. In the same way too, your, in the church, your pastor wants to know, where are you? That's why sometimes when you're not in church, that's why if you're not coming to church, you're going somewhere, it's important to call. Maybe I'm going here, I'm doing this and that. It is only us as a family. Amen? And number two, we don't know who you are interacting with because there's some interaction that will, will mess you up. Why am I saying this? Because when we went to secondary school, there were a lot of our friends who were very innocent, but they interacted with certain people who were taking drugs, smoking marijuana, taking uh, meth and all kinds of funny, funny things. And today, some of them, their lives are totally messed up because of association. So who are you associating, associating yourself with? I can see you and who you are associating yourself with. I, I, I can just predict. Without prayer. Without prayer, 
where you will land. Oh yeah, without prayer, where you will land. So association is very important. And then what are you eating? What kind of spiritual meal are you eating? Because you are what you eat. And as goes the natural, so goes the spiritual. So if you are taking the wrong things inside, if you are moving with somebody who doesn't believe in tithing in the church and is always criticizing about church money and church whatever and whether they do use the church money for, before I realize you don't give much. Before I realize you are not tithing. Before I realize your love for the church has gone down. Meanwhile, you came to the church very excited and wanting to do more, but because of your association, your zeal has gone down. And sometimes when their zeal resurrects, your zeal has died, and you may end up rather going to hell. Amen? Let me just say this as I try to round up. In the church, like I said, we have laws. Someone must say laws. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, he says, my son, let's read together. That probably will be the last thing I'm talking about. And then, ooh, glory to God. He said, my son, keep thy father's commandments. Let's read together. One, two. My son, keep thy father's commandments and forsake not the law of thy... Hallelujah. Now, every believer has three fathers, three kinds of fathers. <laughs> Number one, our heavenly father. Jesus called him our, our father who art in heaven. Is that not it? Number two, our biological father. Pastor Beck, you are not writing. You didn't write what I said. Three fathers of the believer. Number one, our heavenly father. Number two, our biological father, the one who gave birth to you. And number three, our spiritual father, who is also known as father in the Lord. Eh? And he said, prove it. Ephesians 6 1. He said, in, in Ephesians 6 1, he says that uh, children obey your parents in the Lord. So parents must be what? Obeyed. Is that right? Good. Watch it. Obey your parents in the Lord. They may not have given birth to you. A parent may not necessarily be somebody who gave birth to you, but he, the parent oversees you. He's your guardian and directs you. I hope you're getting me. Yeah. So watch it. There's a difference between father and parent. Fa eh? Fathers will give birth to you. Is that right? A father may not necessarily be a parent. And a parent may not be a father. But a parent can be a, 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 a father. And a father can be a parent. He <laughs> said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. That means that the parents that are in the Lord, you must obey them. It is not everything that maybe your biological parents may say that you have to obey. If they go and tell you that go and marry a fetish priest. But your parents in the Lord are spiritual enough to guide you as to the word of God. That's why I say obey your parents in the Lord. Are you getting the difference? Yeah, that is why your pastor's word must be very important to you. He said, what are you talking about? 
I had a relation I was staying with who was selling alcohol and all kinds of things. I said, I cannot do that. I cannot be involved in drinking alcohol and selling alcohol. And at a certain time, they wanted a certain burger to take me. And that burger was into drugs. So much as I had to obey my parents, I, I, obey father, mother, obey, but if I have to honor them, honor father, mother, but not obeying them by joining myself to a drug addict. Am I helping somebody here? I, are you understand what I'm teaching you? Yeah. So he said, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So it is right. And sometimes when your father, your spiritual father is telling you something, you may not understand why he's telling you to do that. Sometimes you are there and say, let us fast. You say, why should you fast at this time? We just finished January fast. And maybe Easter crowd, you try three days me. He say, let us fast. But you have to fast. Okay, let me just finish this with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he said, my son, back to Proverbs 6, 20. Keep thy father's commandments, forsake not the law of thy mother. Now remember that Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 4, 15, though we have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Listen. Your pastor is not your paddy. He's not your junior brother or your school colleague or all those kind of things. He's your father in the Lord. Tell somebody, my pastor is my father in the Lord. And he has commandments for you to obey. Because the Bible says that what? My son, Proverbs 16, my son, keep the commandments Keep thy father's word, commandment. It means that your father has what? Commandments. And so you must obey, you must keep and obey your father's word, commandments. And forsake not the law of thy mother. It means that <laughs> your pastor's wife is also not your, your junior sister or whatever. She's your mother. And she has laws for you to keep. You see, if a church doesn't understand these things, it will make a shipwreck. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So, it means that your father will have some commandments. Don't eat from some other homes. Is that right? Your father will have certain kinds of commandments. Don't do certain things. And those commandments must be obeyed. If only he's your father. Don't you obey your, your biological father's commandments? Tell you this, this, this. By the time I come, this, this, this. And you must learn to do it. If only you accept him. But if you don't accept him th that way, you see, don't take your father as, don't take your pastor as just a preacher. You don't have to take me as just a preacher. It means that the day I preach good, you are happy with me. The day I don't preach good and you are not happy with me, you are out. You must take me as a father. That is why in some church, they call their priest Reverend Father. He's a father. 
and fathers have got commandments to give. And when fathers give commandments, some of the things they say, it's not everything our fathers say that we like it. They say, eat this food. This, that. And you have to do it. Can I have an amen? Yeah. And that is why you, you, you decide. Say, I want this man to be my father. And once he's your father, then you must listen to him. You don't listen to only the palatable things. Can I have an amen? You must learn to take the food of the house. Amen? Don't run around, eat here, eat there, and go. You must believe in the, in the, in the, in the blessings of the house. By God's grace, God has blessed this house Amen. with good food. Amen. Amen. And Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15 says that drink waters out of your own system and running waters out of your own well. Drink waters. Hallelujah. Drink waters out of your own system and running waters out of your own well. You can't grow, a baby can't grow based on the breast milk of other women. It is, yeah, there'll be what? Nipple confusion. Eh? Nipple confusion. When you drink here, drink here, drink here, nipple confusion. So there must be one breast. Somebody say one breast. Yeah. Listen, guest ministers cannot build your faith. No guest minister can build your It is the ministry of the house that builds you up. And that gets you blessed. So every blessing you have received is not some one prophecy somebody came and gave. It is the cons consistent prayer and feeding of the word in this house that has made you what you are. And if there's any support, you must also support the house. A fruit must release, a, a tree must release fruit to the ground that took care of it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not out of word, but I'm out of time. Amen. So, tell your friend, be rooted. Stay in the house. Be connected. Develop the, the spirit of the house. The culture of the house. Amen. So when it's praise and worship time, don't stand there as an Egyptian mom. Be involved. Throw your hands. Do the dancing. Amen. Especially those of you who have been in the church for some time. If you don't dance, the new people, how would they dance? Yeah. If you don't dance, you are standing there. Sometimes, either I'm too blessed to clap my hands. I'm too blessed to, to dance. I, I don't want to sweat. I don't want to. What is that? David as a king said, I've done special makeup. Eh? Mary Kay. I've done the latest Mary Kay design. So I don't want to. Uh, after church, I'm going somewhere. And so and, uh, my face must look very nice and smooth. For me to go. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. We pray that you bless us through the preacher and teacher of your word. May we become stable, strong, and effective in you. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen.